Welcome to AMC Behind the Mic, a podcast series that highlights stories from the amazing people who devote their time to support the AMC. The AMC, short for the Administrative Management Council, is a representative body for over 3,800 full-time administrators at New York University. The AMC fosters university-wide relationships that inspire thoughtful engagement, innovative progress, and professional excellence. The work of the AMC is driven by volunteers who are elected to serve in leadership positions. This episode is part of a series spotlighting individuals who serve in more visible leadership capacities for the AMC, officers, senators, and representatives. You'll get to learn more about how these people decided to step up and speak out to go from an audience member at an AMC meeting to a leader advancing the mission of the AMC. I'm Mike McCaw, an NYU employee for the past 15 years. I've worked in numerous roles across campus, and I'm currently part of the provost's office. I've been a part of the AMC for the last 12 years and have served as a representative, a committee chair, a senator, the AMC vice chair, and a multi-time AMC chairperson. I'm Seamus Mullen, an NYU employee for the past eight years. I've worked in numerous roles across campus, and I'm currently part of University Human Resources. I've been a part of the AMC for the last three years as the Administrative Coordinator. I'm Will Willoughby, an NYU employee for the past 12 years. I've worked in numerous departments and I'm currently part of NYU IT. I've been part of the AMC for the last three and a half years as a representative and currently as the Committee Chair for AMC Nominations and Elections Committee. Today we are excited to feature Cassandra Bizarro from Sun. Cassie has proudly served the AMC in a number of roles, a representative for NYU CERN, the committee chair for AMC Communications, an AMC senator on organization and governance, and as the chairperson from 2019 to 2020. You'll get to hear how Cassie went from a fly on the wall to leading the AMC during an unprecedented year impacted by the pandemic. I first learned about the AMC through, I think, email. I want to say it was like I was a new administrator, so I was very much reading every single email (laughs) that came out, and I feel like it was just one of the general meeting type of mass emails, and so I didn't really understand necessarily what it did or what I should do within it. But I thought, Hey, I'm new. I'm free during this meeting time. I'll, I'll go check it out. Um, and then I went to a meeting. I don't know. I think it was probably within my first year. I honestly don't have a very vivid recollection of what was being discussed or anything, but I do remember there was I had no idea what they were talking about. Like I felt very confused. There was definitely a discussion happening around something important, right? So there was a, it was, you know, in the big colloquium room, but it was a lot of people speaking and adding their opinions to things. And it seemed a little bit heated at moments um, or tension. And, but I honestly don't remember uh, what it was about. And I remember being like, Oh, this is not for me. Like, I have no idea what's going on here. Um, and so I never, I never went to another meeting. Cause I was just like, Oh, they know what they're doing. And this, it, it didn't necessarily <laughs> seem like as a layman, as someone who def, you know, knew nothing, 
um, like there was an entry point for me. Can you pinpoint maybe where, where you did find that entry point? We know just as a step forward a bit, I think you did become very involved with AFC. So what kind of changed for you? Yes. So Mike McCaw changed it for me and it was in our ELP. So the Emerging Leaders Program uh, cohort, it's an IT program. Even though I'm not, I don't sit in IT, I've always throughout my career been on teams, except for the current one I'm on, but I've, I've always been on teams that are actually like half IT people and like half technical people and half what I'd call maybe content people and, um, you know, communicators by trade. And so it's just, yeah, technology is really important to me and, and what I do. And so I had applied for this program and kind of made the case for why, you know, someone like me, who's not, I don't sit in IT, I don't do IT functions, but I would really enjoy this program. So I got accepted into it and Mike was in my cohort. And this is what I think it was, Mike, do you remember? Yeah, I think we were the 2016-17 cohort. I think we graduated in like that May 2017. Right. So not that long ago. Okay, great. So I recall, so Mike was in my cohort and there was a lot of amazing connections and friendships I made in that, that I still have to, to, to today. And Mike was one of them. And Mike would talk about the AMC um, not all the time. I don't want to make you say, <laughs> you definitely would bring it up. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. And and I was like, okay, this, I like this guy. He's nice. And he seems smart. Little did I know. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, he seems smart. He seems, he's a, he's well-spoken. So I, I, I appreciated um, your confidence in public speaking in, in that class. And honestly, that kind of said to me, it seems like the AMC, like there was many ways that I could get involved. And, and I don't honestly remember how I got that impression, but that's the, that's the impression that you left me with through, through that experience. Yeah, because at the time, uh, I was the vice chair during ELP, and I became the chair uh, kind of in the middle of it. And then just seeing all the great work you were doing and how it could be an amazing enhancement to communications, I slipped you a nice little cup of Kool-Aid and said, here, drink this. <laughs> yeah, I drank it. And then one day I was the chair. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was definitely like exciting for me because at the time, Mike, you know, Mike had these different thoughts about what communications could be doing. And I love starting from the ground and trying to build something new and being at the, the beginning stages of things like that. I think that's really fun. And so I think that's also what kind of hooked me was like, oh, the possibilities that we could do here are really endless. And the, and what I, I didn't realize then, but I, I now know one of the reasons why I keep coming back and why I keep investing in the communications committee and the AMC is unlike in our day jobs. With the AMC work, there's a kind of freedom that exists to create things from the ground up and work with people that you normally wouldn't work with. And so there's just this natural diversity of thoughts and opinions and perspectives that come together. 
and there's nothing at stake. There are things at stake, your reputation and this and that, but there, the, what, what the freedom, it feels like there's nothing at stake in that, you know, we're not admitting students. We're not like the, the, the stakes are like, let's just have a great AMC experience. Let's make administrator, the administrator community come together. Like those kinds of stakes are really fun to play with because it's not like, oh, if this doesn't happen, like I lose my job, you know, or something like that. Right. Um, and there's just a lot of freedom to create uh, and try new things and potentially fail at them and then re and then change that. And depending on your job and your role, you may not feel that on a daily basis. But whenever I was working on the communications committee, that's what really excited me. And then I would take those ideas that worked really well and I'd bring them back to my job. And I'd say, hey, this is really cool. We're doing this um, you know, thing with email that we should consider doing with our own for our student communications and vice versa. We're doing really cool things at Stern with our, I'm thinking about email communications a lot, but um, you know, targeting. And I said, Hey, let's do this with the AMC communications. I think we could have a really cool onboarding email as an example. And that email idea came from what I was doing in my job. Um, so I have, it goes both ways where I get inspired by one area and take it to the other. How much time did you spend in the audience? How much time did you spend looking at what they had to offer? They being the AMC before you became an active participant in the AMC? I think zero. Right. That's what I thought. That's where it sounded. Yeah, that's the way it sounded. You know, it's it's also a personality thing where if I see a group of people that are doing something that I believe in or just I enjoy working with, like mm -hmm. on a very basic level, good humans doing good things, like I'm a, I'm navigate towards that and I'm attracted to that. And I'll just, you know, I'm like, sign me up. Tell yeah. me what, tell me what to do. Um, the tell me what to do usually then quickly goes to like, I have. I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like there is a personality test that I, I think is like a real thing. Although maybe it's a University of Oklahoma thing. I never was clear where this came from, but you would, it was called zoology or yuzu or something like that. University zoology. And you would take this assessment and it would tell you what, animal you were and that and I remember I don't remember all the animals I know there was koala but there was a lion and a dolphin and the I was a dolphin but the lions were like the natural leaders like I would think Mike if you took this you would probably be a lion and then the dolphins are also natural leaders they want to sit back and they would like for a lion to step forward but if there are no lions like then the dolphins step forward so I am definitely a natural leader but I it's not my first, like, I, I like, I, I kind of sit back at first. And then if I feel like no one's going to take the reins, I'll definitely, I, I, I enjoy that. But I also enjoy being led by people who are, again, more of like a lion personality. And so I'm using this like really <laughs> weird off the cuff example. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Because yeah. now that you've opened the door, I want to know what, what animal is Seamus and what animal am I? <laughs> Oh, all I remember is the koala. Come it has on. to be koala. And I know that, I'm going to look it up online. We're going to see if we can all take it and let's see what happens. We'll have that for the next episode, definitely. So what was it like jumping in just straight in, just diving right in? 
What was that first meeting like? Yeah. Were you engaged? I, well, less engaged. Were you an active participant, actually? You know, it's funny. In a big room, I, I, now that you're asking me to reflect on this, I think, I think it occurs to me that it's intimidating. Like, and it intimidated me, you know? And I also think that might've been like why I first went to this meeting and I'm like a fly on the wall. And I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about. This isn't for me. Um, these people clearly know what they're doing and um, <laughs> see you later, you know, <laughs> kind of feeling. And so for me, the entry point, like coming up through a committee was so much easier to just say small group, you know, there was like at the time, you know, three or four of us in this meeting talking about what we were going to do. And, and then, and then from my standpoint, I didn't know anything about the AMC and how it operated, but I had my career in university, you know, like I grew up, I have gained, you know, my entire career has been uh, in higher ed. And so I knew that, and I obviously knew communications and that's what I was bringing to the table. So it felt it felt, even though it seems not natural, like maybe I would be coming to a meetings and get more interested that way. It was opposite for me. And I think for some people, it's easier to just get your hands dirty within a committee, get to work, mm -hmm. producing things. And then you start having fun and seeing the value in it. And then you see how it ladders up to that big space. You see how it impacts the AMC at large and the, you know, 200 and 200 plus reps and alts. And, you know, you, you then learn uh, from a very basic level, the inner workings and then, and then build on that. And that to me was, yeah, a bit easier to, to jump in and just do some things that would have an impact. And then I kind of quickly, it, it becomes addictive in a way. Cause you're like, wow, this is really enjoyable. It's fun. And then those meetings, you get information there that you otherwise maybe wouldn't get, or you get sneak peek at a sneak peeks at information. So you have a, a bit greater sense of what's happening because of those big general meetings. And that's the value as a communicator and someone who just in gen generally like wants information, like I'm hungry for information. It was um, the value just kept adding up. You know, you've been involved in the AMC in uh, many participatory and leadership capacities and most recently, you know, served as the chair of the AMC as we shifted to a very unique environment going from a, you know, kind of more of a normal campus experience to now a pandemic based remote experience. Um, and you kind of did that very gracefully and, and thoughtfully. So as you think about things that the AMC has advocated for over the past couple of years that you've been involved with it, what's something that stands out as a you know, personal source of pride that the AMC has advocated for? So I was the chair for, I want to say only a year. It's like the longest year of my life for multiple reasons. Um, <clears throat> but there are a few things I think about when I think of like sources of pride and I guess because your question, you said, you know, this like transition to, to remote, maybe something that sticks out is that we, none of us knew what we were doing when the pandemic hit. And this is going to be something that defines generations mm -hmm. of people and we're still living it. We're still in it. So it's not over yet. At the time, March of 2020 is when New York City numbers were, and New York was skyrocketing. 
it was terrifying and there was a lot of unknowns. How can, how do you contract this even was the biggest question of like, is it airborne? Is it not airborne? What is it? It was still like, we didn't really know what it was or what it even did. And then NYU shuts down, right? We shut down beginning of March. I think it was the second week of March officially uh, administrators are told, you know, work from home, classes switch to remote like overnight. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete pivot. And it was also like, we were all scared. Like, what does this mean? And we were being told, you know, to um, not really go anywhere, really like shelter in place, stay at home, you know, all these different messages. And we were also as like the administrator community, like just responding to it, like, putting out fires, like that's what we did. And I think it was, it was really clear to us that we needed um, an update, let's call it. We needed to hear from the source. And NYU was definitely sending out emails, uh, you know, I would call them more operational, just like, here's what we need to do. This is what's happening. And now this, and now this, this is how we're responding. And come, Early May, uh, we held through the AMC uh, what we called a COVID-19 forum. And it took, I feel like we pulled this together over, I wanna say two weeks or something. It was like pretty quick turnaround time to pull us together, but it was becoming clear to us that we needed to hear from a number of people responding to this and just get a sense of like, where are we? And get updates in key areas. The inspiration also came from the students, actually, the student senators, um, council, and the student government assembly. They held a forum type event for students, and it had different key leaders across the university updating. And I thought we could do something similar for administrators. I think this could be really nice. And so we did that. And we had a number of people talk about key areas. And it was a, well, Seamus, can you help me remember what was like a two hour event or three? Two hours, yep. Two hours. Um, broken into segments and all yeah, scheduled to the minute. Mm. But each section, and it wasn't even a person, there was like two to three people per section. So let's talk about um, uh, faculty. Let's talk about students. Let's talk about administrators. Like we have these different themes And then each one was like 10 minutes, Um, Mm. had some questions and just really knocked it out and like hit all these different areas in a matter of two hours. It had, I feel like almost 400 attendees, although maybe, um, yeah, so 400 attendees, which was incredible. People really valued it. I still hear people uh, refer to it. They were like, that was so helpful. And I feel like it was so helpful because it came right at the perfect time even though there were still so many unknowns, again, remember we had just shut down in March, this is only early May, so much was unknown. It was reassuring, it made people feel better. It, it also showed all the work that was being done behind the scenes, because depending on where you work in the university, you may not see that at all. And the only thing you're seeing is the email that goes out. You don't know the names of the who's who of who's working in this area, who's thinking about administrators, who's thinking about students and faculty, who's thinking about the budget. 
you may not even know who those people are, but like, I feel like this event, because it brought all to that together was on one hand informative, which was the goal, but also reassuring. It just made people feel better about the unknowns and how the university was responding. And so people really still talk about that as like an example, even of like running Zoom and all the intricacies that go along with that and panelists and roles and promoting people and like the bajillion settings that Seamus and I had to test and retest. And it was so smooth. There was one moment, I do remember the, the moment when I had all my notes prepared and I had them sitting right next to my desk and we get to a technology section and Lynn Peters is in it and Ben Maddox and Clay Shirky. And <laughs> like my questions are not there. Like literally the page didn't print and I didn't catch it before <laughs> we're doing this. And again, remember we have 10 minutes, like so I feel it felt like time slowed down and I was like a deer in the headlights and Seamus is like messaging me. He saved me. He's like, here's the questions. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause I was trying to pull it up and you know, the internet's running slow and I'm trying to riff and I'm not great at riffing. That's like something that is not really my favorite thing to do. I like to think about things and have remarks and have my questions printed out. And so even despite this, to me, it was like a huge issue or whatever, like a fumble. It, it, I don't think people took it as that. And it, it was fine. It was just kind of in my own head that I was like, it's a failure, but people loved it. And we really got um, a lot accomplished in two hours. It's probably the most efficient meeting ever. <laughs> and it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> recorded and you can watch it now live on NYU stream <laughs> could not have done it without Seamus and my fellow officers um Christy and Juan and Christina well we'll move towards towards wrapping this I I did want to ask um kind of a let's a, a reflective question let's say we reach our 75th anniversary, our 100th anniversary, probably long after we've all stopped working for NYU, and uh, they're going through archives, um, they come across something about you, Cassie, what would you like future AMCers to know about you? I think it would give me the most satisfaction if I was remembered, if, if someone didn't know me, and they could tell from reading the AMC yearly and maybe even looking at the email communications that we sent out, the chairs letters that would go out and whatever else other <laughs> documents exist. If they could tell that I tried my best to be myself and be kind and do, and do my best with, with, with everything that I was, I was trying to do within the AMC. And so I hope that they would remember me for, or be able to see that I tried to, yeah, be empathetic and a compassionate leader. That would, that would make me the most happy. Um, you know, from just like an output standpoint, I think, 
seeing the AMC yearly, like it was this inaugural piece. It's, it's inaugural document, I think would also say to them like, wow, she really likes to <laughs> pull all the things together and show like all the work that's being done and is really like thoughtful and cares about people getting the recognition that they deserve. And cause that's really what that document we were trying to do is say like, look at all this awesome work and also make the people doing it feel recognized and, and almost codified. Like you are in record. It's not just in a minutes or a, a yeah. you know, some sort of agenda. It is a record, a, a snapshot of, of you and your contributions to NYU because I don't just view it as contributions to the NYU administrator community. That's what it is. But, but it's also bigger than that. If, if the administrator community is healthy and health can be determined in a number of factors, but if we are taking care of ourselves and being taken care of by the university, it benefits everyone. It's an ecosystem. Um, and the different communities that exist in the ecosystem have to have be watered and, and you know tended to and so I feel like that's what the AMC does uh, we are a part of a part of doing that work and being a voice and also a platform and and also a, a group of friends you know of connections and people that you can lean on for both professional things how did you do this? How do you hire student workers? You know, just professional yeah. knowledge sharing and also like personal, like, how are you doing? Like when you talk about belonging at NYU, the reason why I feel belonging at NYU is because of the great team that I work on and I'm lucky and even more affinity to NYU because of the AMC. Thanks for joining us to hear more about Cassie's story. We hope this might inspire you to consider running for an AMC elected position in the future. To get involved with the AMC, visit nyu.edu forward slash AMC. Stop by OpenAMC, powered by Ideascale at openamc.ideascale.com or email amc.info at nyu.edu. Remember, always engage, always be encouraged, and you will always excel. Have a great day. Me not being able to say the word colloquium is <laughs> me true. Can you say it? Sure. Colloquium. Colloquium. There you go. Collo colloquium. Colloquium. If you compare that to the fact that we're going to be doing another COVID forum and we're going to be doing the yearly again, you know, you get a pass for not being able to say colloquium. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can be a poster child for like people who can't use words. I don't know. <laughs> hey, listen, I grew up on meatloaf. He told me two out of three ain't bad. Don't put collo colloquium. colloquium. Come on, come on, get your fingers working. Get your fingers working. Colloquium. Beautiful, beautiful. Editing that right in. <laughs> that every time. <laughs> you guys are seeing some sort of like milestone in my life but, well, okay. whatever works <laughs> and, like, 
in three years you're gonna say it and you're gonna get it right and will and i are just gonna get up and high five and everyone's like what the I fuck know. are they doing <laughs> like why are they so excited <laughs> oh lord